Hi, Hi friends. friends. Welcome to Snack Time. I'm Nicole. And I'm Brandy. And this is the Core Memories Unlocked episode of the Snack Time Project. So get cozy. Grab a snack. And let's get started. Snack time shanty, we didn't know what snack time was many years ago, but we knew we were showing up for each other in a sacred ritual. Soon may the snack time come to bring us cookies and tea and fun. One hour the podcast runs, we have a lot of hope. We have created a space that's warm and safe, so join us, mates. You may not know what snack time is, but it's gonna be dope. Soon may the snack time come to bring us cookies and tea and fun. One hour the podcast runs, we have a lot of hope. I've been practicing the triangle on our summer breaks. Good. So yeah, welcome to season two. We have been on a break for about three or four months, I think. Yes. We all took a summer break. Mm -hmm. Did you have a good summer, Nicole? I did. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I got vaccinated in America. Yay. Avoided uh, sunburns. No. Wait, really? No, I got sunburned pretty severely on my, like, second day. Oh, no. <laughs> and it peeled. My three-year-old nephew was like, what's wrong with your shoulders? <laughs> For days. <laughs> but it's it's weird, because, yes, I do feel like that was my summer, because since I've been back here, like, it's August, but today I wore a sweater or a jumper and a coat. So it doesn't really feel like there's not a lot of summer vibes. But it's, like, 98 degrees outside, so still very much summer here yes we just wrapped up the 2020 olympics yeah we have more olympics coming in a few short months which is exciting did you get to watch any olympics do you have any favorite events um i watched some i would find clips on youtube and tiktok oh that's fun so (laughs) (laughs) my my view of the olympics is skewed but um i do enjoy watching I really enjoyed track this year. We were watching it through um, some Canadian commentators who were clearly friends, but like rivals or like one of them just really enjoyed the field events, like the, you know, throwing stuff and didn't really care about the track and it was (laughs) vice versa. So their like, their banter was really funny. Um, And I enjoyed watching rock climbing, which was a new Olympic event. Yes. They're so friendly. It's a good community. It's a good community vibe. (laughs) I love how you see them in the videos, like moving their hands up, trying to show the best route. Yeah. Look at that teamwork. It's like the great British baking challenge of the Olympics. I like that. It's been a bit. So we're we're back and we are excited to be back. I think if you listen to our episode 10 intro, it's pretty clear that we needed a break. Yes. I, I think season one... You know, we rounded out with kind of this reflective tone and revisiting with old friends and uh, a very like nostalgic feel. We're trying to embody words like comfort and healing and growth and joy and reflectiveness. You know, we're relaunching a new focus and we thought the great way to kick that off is to talk about core memories and core values. Yes. And when we talk about core memories, we're kind of borrowing from the concept from inside out, but it's any 
memory that just really um, sticks out with like a greater meaning or maybe you just assign more importance to it. It's like that thought that you just can't unsee. And when we say like core memory unlocked, you know that it's kind of etched into your mind forever. And whether it be funny or, or sad or happy or traumatic, there's many reasons why we maintain um, different core memories and oftentimes they shape how we move forward, possibly a little bit of our personalities and our values. And they become moments that we either reflect on or reference. Yeah, and I, I don't think it always has to be based on like a major life event. Mm-mm. I was thinking about um, anytime I see a little fireball candy, <laughs> I remember when I was in second grade, I saved up all of my pretend money, like we earned money throughout the year, and then I bought all of the fireballs, like 50 of them, and I ate them all day, <laughs> and I had like four in my mouth at a time. It was a, it was a really intense day, probably when I developed a love for spicy food. But I think of that every time I see that candy. Like, that memory is stuck in there. Pretty sure when I was in fifth grade, I tried to convince my teacher that I could test out how many licks it takes to get to the center of a, a Tootsie Pop. Nice. As an actual science experiment. And it was just me counting how many licks <laughs> it took. Did you, like, tally every time? Like, how did you keep track? I think I did, but then I think I lost track because it was just hard. It was hard. It, yes. It's a certain level of endurance when you take on that mm-hmm. type of pursuit. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I even surveyed anyone else. Like, I'm sure I asked my parents, and they're like, <laughs> That sounds terrible. <laughs> no, thanks. Hmm, think about that with Tootsie Pops all the time. I don't even eat Tootsie Pops anymore, but... <laughs> But it's still there. It's still Enough there. that me mentioning another candy uh-huh. reminded you of it. Like that's yeah. That's so it is honestly wild for me to think about the capacity of memory that we have mm-hmm. and how having like a conversation with someone, you can like, oh yeah, I haven't thought about that in twenty four years, but I remember now like yeah. that is amazing and, and wild to me and I don't know enough about how memories are actually stored in our brains. Yeah. But yeah, um, and just like the simple like where there's candy makes me think of my grandparents because I don't, so many grandparents had a jar of where there's just on an end table somewhere that <laughs> waiting for you. <laughs> Nobody keeps jars of candy around their house anymore. That's, that's not a thing. I am not even joking. I bought a bag of Werther's because I <laughs> saw them at Aldi and I had nothing. And I, I put them in the stool. I put them in a plate. This was like three days ago. Welcome to adulthood. But yeah, I do think that um, we hold on to these memories. They they bring us comfort. They bring us joy. And yes. they certainly have helped um, with, I guess, understanding and healing as we continue to move forward. Do you imagine the memories that are stored in your mind visually the same as inside out, like tiny little marbles that just get like put up on a shelf? <laughs> um, no, it's so funny too, because like, I, I think I do remember them kind of like abstractly. Memory recall is hard. Mm-hmm. I know we all have this. Sometimes I will not even want to be thinking about a particular memory, but I, it will pop into my head and I will like cringe or just like, oh, I hate remembering this thing that happened. And lately I've been thinking that um, 
I want to be more forgiving with with that earlier version of myself or whatever it is. It happened. It's in the past. Like, let it go. Like, I feel like it still comes up for me if it's something's like unresolved or I still feel bad or guilty about it. And I'd rather, I would rather let that go. Yeah. Do you ever have like um like a a certain smell or a song that triggers a core memory? Oh yeah. How long is this podcast? Like, yes, lots of times. (laughs) (laughs) So many, so many. I think those are strong triggers for for memories. Lyrics for me and also just like, yeah, like tonally songs, they live in our brains. Like, it's just wild to me, like how much content is still with me, even if I'm not accessing it. Yeah. So weird. And it's weird for me to think about how like we are constantly creating new memories and some things will stick and some things will not and 10 years from now like i can read my journal and i can look at photos i'll be able to listen to this excellent podcast yes and remember our little time (laughs) capsule of us sounds creepy Um, (laughs) no it sounds amazing okay okay Um, i like that better (laughs) (laughs) but but you don't know i mean i don't know what i'm actually going to retain and revisit um And that's a weird thought in itself. Yes. Well, this week, we are going to be getting into some of our core memories, exploring our core values, and how they impact who we are and what we do. Um, But first, we have some really wonderful core memories to share from you all, our faithful listeners. So let's get into story time. The first question that we ask for story time is, what is your earliest memory? <laughs> quote, I hope you're ready for some trauma. That, that quote was sent to us from one of the respondents. Lowercase t, trauma. We are not sharing anything that's actually personally triggering or traumatic. Just a lot of the early memories we have tend to be times where we got injured or were scared. So that's, that's what we got for you. Yes. Um, one person responded saying, lying to my mom that I had to use the bathroom so I didn't have to ride the King Kong ride at Universal Studios. Roller coasters were very scary yes. as a child. Yes. I, I was so excited to ride them, and then I was absolutely terrified during the process. I think about carnivals in general, like um, that one ride where you're stuck to the wall. Oh my gosh. And it just spins around. Like, I think about that all the time, about how I hate that ride with the passion in the the swinging boat one, of how it just makes your stomach feel like it's going up and down. Anyways, I don't do those. (laughs) They're both bad. I'm an adult. No one can force me. (laughs) Um, But as a kid, you know, you try most things once. Um, someone else said, fooling adults into thinking I could read because I memorized the book in order. That is clever. Isn't that so cute? Yes. I think that's common. I think, um, when children have some of their favorite stories and you, like, pick up with cues, Mm -hmm. just to get my daughter talking more, I'll do the, and they said, and then we've read the book so many times, like, she'll be able to to spit out the next line. Um, someone else said, moving into my first house after um, PCSing from Spain in the 90s. Mm. Oh, good old 90s. 
someone else said jumping off my parents bed with my brother while listening to the record player christmas time and then i broke my nose oh ouch <sighs> fun fact i got to ride in the ambulance twice in preschool once with some <laughs> falling in the middle of the road you fell in the middle of the road onto my face oh yes and uh, my preschool teacher was so mad because she's like, why didn't you put out your hands? And like, I just didn't think about it on the way down. Like, I don't, I don't even know what my reaction was. Like, was I like this? Like this? Did I just go like plank style? Anyways, there was a lot of blood. So that one oh. was a trip. And then I fell off like the, the monkey bars. Onto sand? Onto mulch. Onto my back. That was another mm-hmm. ambulance ride. I was like a known offender. in preschool i was a known offender for vomiting like projectile vomiting (laughs) on people things kids are so charming (laughs) but yeah i remember because i was in like a church pageant and i guess i was just really nervous that i got up there and i couldn't sing and i was just staring and then i just threw up and i guess i was escorted out and because both of my parents came to like tend to me in the next room and I remember my sister saying she just sang really really loudly so we could hear her <laughs> you're like the scene from pitch perfect wait wait which one the first one she vomited on stage oh right 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 yes yep just like that just <laughs> um the next question we asked was what is your most vivid memory from middle school or high school Someone said, unexpectedly beating one of the bigger schools, 5-2 in soccer. So that was always a big deal, right? Like those rivalries. Yes. That goal like makes it in at the last moment and everyone's cheering and crying. It's beautiful. I love that. And I love that this person remembered it. like 5-2. The exact score. <laughs> um, someone else said, high school equaled the pervasive fear of potential mortification. Mm. I would argue middle school, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think more so middle school for me. I was in a bit of a more protected environment in high school. Someone said, playing basketball at open gym and tearing my ACL. Notes, both of my memories were traumatic. This is the same person who broke their nose Aww. earlier in life. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. That's terrible. <laughs> um, somebody else said graduation day. I actually don't remember it very much. I remember it. I don't feel like it's a core memory. Someone said, fell off the stage with my clarinet in middle school. (laughs) This is actually Brett. He was trying to be cool and like jump off the stage with his instrument in hand. (laughs) And his shoe got caught on something and he fell like halfway (laughs) off the stage into a table. And everyone was asking like, oh, are you okay? And he said he was fine, but he was actually like injured fairly badly. You don't say that. Right, you just say you're fine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have so many vivid memories from elementary school and high school. Embarrassing moments stick out the most. My closest to Mission Impossible that I'll ever get. Um, I was out mowing the lawn. We had a riding lawnmower. And I was mowing the ditch. And it was it's kind of steep. So in my mind, I thought the lawnmower was going to flip over. And then I was going to be underneath it and crushed so instead of turning out of the ditch i jumped off the lawnmower the lawnmower kept going without me (laughs) so at the end of the ditch was our well a cement well 
and the lawnmower was like heading straight towards the cement well and I was like well that's even worse so then I find courage somehow and I start chasing out the lawnmower and then I had to like oh jump back on <laughs> and turn out out of the pathway of hitting the well at the last minute and it was such a close call and it was a very dramatic day I never told my parents I just went inside and it was like lawns mode and I went to my room <laughs> That's a, I have such a heroic image in my mind, but thank goodness you're okay because that could have gone really poorly. <sighs> there was just a lot of like, we lived out in the country and like I did random things and then I would like look around and I'm like, oh, no one saw. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember like very vividly, like I was riding my bike with my little dachshund a bird had pooped on my hand while I was riding my bike and I freaked out and wrecked. It was a very big moment, but if you like zoomed out, it was just a girl wrecking her bike with like no known reason. Like she just fell over, but a bird had pooped on my hand and that is why. I mean, me and Scooter, we know that. And now you guys. Oh, all of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have a couple of memories because I think I was perpetually afraid of being pooped on by a bird. One time my family was on a ferry and I was being really grumpy and I didn't want to get out of the car and everyone was like telling me to get out of the car and I refused because I was probably like 12 or 13 and I just pouted and stayed in the car and then my whole family left to go on the back of the ferry and when they came back, everyone was covered in bird poop (gasps) and I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) I'm real glad I stayed in the car. So I don't know. I don't know what life lesson I got from that. It makes for a funny story. It was funny. At um, my old office, I thought I was being pranked because there was a fish next to my car in a body of water. No, it was just in the parking lot. The fish had hit my hood of my car, and then there's like slime all the way down. And I was like, did someone throw a fish at my car? Like, who did this? But we also have giant osprey that have nests in the poles and uh, it must have been carrying a fish and dropped it and hit my car. Wow. Otherwise I was actually pranked, but I'm guessing a giant bird dropped a fish on my car. So you, you saw the fish? Yeah, the fish was still in the parking lot. So it's one of those things you're like, I know that this isn't supposed to be here. Yeah, that would be jarring. When you first started telling that story, I was picturing like a cute little goldfish. It's not. In a bag. No. N- no. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's nothing like that. It was Ugh. It was like a, like a trout or something. I don't know. I'm not a fish expert. I will say, uh, I guess a core memory that I just got last year that I will never get out of my head probably is I wanted a Christmas tree so badly, like just a fake Christmas tree for our apartment. And I had not been able to find one except for these like teeny tiny, like 10 inch Christmas trees that were like 30 euro and it just didn't seem worth it. And we were walking home and Brett just happened to spot this five euro Christmas tree, like a three foot scrappy little tree no bag but just like in a in a dollar store kind of thing so we went to get it and i was so happy like i was just beaming and as i was stepping off of the curb to walk to the train there was a recently murdered seagull just (laughs) at my feet and the image i have of stepping over this bird with my christmas tree is just i just see you locked in there like singing Christmas carols so happy yes. like bopping yes. your head with your cute little tree <laughs> and you're like ah dead bird 
And I, I mean, even though I've done everything, like, because I didn't have any ornaments, so I, like, made ornaments out of, like, um, dough and salt oh, in cute. the oven, you know, like, and I, I pressed, like, Velveeta's little paw prints and painted it. Like, I made it as cute as I possibly could, but I still cannot look at this tree without seeing the bird. It's, like, <laughs> it's, like, haunting you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It is funny how our core memories revolve around these events. Even like regret thinking about those times where because you were young, you hung on to them. You're like, I can't believe I did that. And in the long run, sometimes it did it didn't matter that a mistake was made and it turned out for the better. But during that moment, you're like, why? Why did I say that? Why did I do that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is really interesting to consider what we remember and what we're able to forget mm-hmm. or what we consciously remember and what just gets stuck in our memories and why. Um, one of our listeners said um, that she has a really hard time distinguishing between things that she actually remembers compared to things that she had just heard or seen pictures of, like mm-hmm. heard family talk about or seen pictures of. And I, I relate to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She said, you know, memory is such a fickle thing. I've heard so much about how I was as a baby. The line between actual memories is blurred. And yeah, I think that happens with a lot of stories and the way stories are passed down and remembered. Yeah. Especially because like, I don't have many pictures of my childhood. So when you look back at pictures and when people retell stories, you're like, what do I actually remember? Or is this me being able to visualize yeah, and, and how would you know? Yeah, so what what is the making of a core memory? I guess we probably should introduce what a core memory is for anyone who's not familiar with that term or hasn't seen Inside Out. Yes, it's a visualization of a, a core memory being captured in this little glass ball mm-hmm. um, that's maintained on a shelf, and these core memories are what help grow your um, personality mm-hmm. and um, the movie does such a good job of visually showing how like uh, these events help actually grow and change your personality yeah I, I had not seen Inside Out in several years I think it came out in like 2015 and I saw it in theaters then but I had not rewatched it so I watched it the other day and um, it presents this really kind of difficult concept in a very um tangible way right yes they hit on it's not just memories but um they really explore like valuing your feelings and embracing sadness Mm -hmm. you know we talked already about that core personality but like actual personal growth too and how um you know joy did so much work to shield um the, the main character from loss and, and sadness um, that she couldn't even recognize that those were for valid experiences and feelings. Right. Right. Which which fits well, I think, with um, what we were trying to get at with the, the tone and intention we want to have here in season two is not to get into that, like, finding the sunny side all of the time. Like, I think optimism is often misrepresented or misunderstood. Um, there's room for all of those emotions and they're important and valid. And like, I think you can't have the full range of human experiences if you're trying to force yourself to be looking on the sunny side all the time. Some good coping strategies and 
adaptability too, which was a, a very strong life lesson in that, you know, just coping with change and um, finding her new normal and realizing that she can do hard things of moving to a new place, finding new friends, all of that stuff. And it's cool to see that all evolve and unfold in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Happiness is not always about joy. There you go. I, I remember I had a friend in um, middle school or high school, probably high school, who talked about the difference between seeking happiness and seeking contentment. And that happiness, like she described it as this kind of like high, like roller coaster peak. And just like trying to like get up there all of the time is kind of like chasing an impossible high where contentment is just that feeling of peace um, with kind of letting go and just finding comfort and what what is she was real smart she was a smart emotionally intelligent <laughs> high schooler i don't think i have come to like appreciate emotional t- intelligence through the lens that i see it now and i don't think i was there in high school to really understand or you know be able to talk about these big feelings yeah i i think in hindsight she had much better um awareness and i think interpersonal relationships than i did probably outside of a school environment. Advanced, very advanced (laughs) for a high schooler. Should we get into our activity? Yes. So let's see. I guess I'll just start by introducing, there's a book that we are borrowing an activity from. The book is called The Art of Showing Up, How to Be There for Yourself and Your People by Rachel Wilkerson Miller. Um, I read this book with a friend last winter and I really just liked being presented with this idea of in order to be a good friend, in order to be a good emotionally aware person, like it's really important to know yourself and to be able to predict your own needs and reactions and just understand who you are and what your preferences actually are. And I remember it presented questions with like, describe foods that you really like and foods that you really dislike. And I was like, okay, I can do that. But then it was like, describe when you like to be in a crowded environment and when you don't like to be in a crowded environment. And it just gave me a lot to think about that I hadn't thought about before. Mm -hmm. So we decided to do the first part of this exercise and identify roughly five values that represent each of us, um, as well as some things that we like and don't like. Comforts that we like and uncomfy things that we dislike. And we have not um, shared them. So I guess we're gonna do that now. Do you wanna go first? Yeah. Okay, so um, to determine five-ish core values, values that I value, I thought of compassion. So when people are able to be compassionate toward each other, especially in a community space, that was number one. Um, curiosity when people are curious um, about each other and their surroundings Um, optimism but again not in that toxic positivity kind of way Uh, sincerity and self-expression was my fifth one and I think I was thinking about how that had been stifled for me for a long time so it is something that I value is that people are able to openly express themselves we are similar my core values i chose courage to keep moving forward and 
stepping through the hard times, the sad times, one step at a time. And I think it's really just this notion of forward because we can't go back. So in moments of transitions or scary or the unknown, um, we kind of just have to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. This is something that I work on and I work on teaching my kids of how we can be brave and reminding them of times that where they were brave um, when they when they feel scared. I love that. I would say kindness, um, kindness towards other. Um, it's something that we should strive for um, to love our our fellow humans. Truth, truth to yourself and others. Straight up from that ninety eight degree song, be true to your heart. Gotta be true to your heart. <laughs> you got that stuck in my head <laughs> on a recent episode. <laughs> Cannot help it. I just. Um, I was like rocking out to that song until I realized how loud it was in my headphones and that other people could hear it. And then I just, you know, that moment where you like check yourself, you're like, can people hear what I'm listening? Am I not in my own world? Can they hear? They can hear me, can't they? (laughs) Have you, there is a video on TikTok of a college student who is listening to Taylor Swift. Silently, he thinks, but actually yes, very loudly. That's me. You've seen it. <laughs> well, like, and it's so funny because someone said TikTok is um, really showing me that I haven't had an original human experience <laughs> at all. Because there's just so many funny little ordinary moments. I love that though. Like, I love that relatableness. Sorry, I totally interrupted you. That's okay. Please continue to share. <laughs> no, that was a good moment. So my fourth core value is family. I kind of always hold this dear coming from adopted family. That's something that I revisit and think about um, my own childhood and how I want to carry forward um, values and how I want my own children to feel loved and cared for. And I feel like I put a, a lot into it and they certainly mean a lot to me. Um, so they're, they're a huge part of my core values. Imagination is my fifth, straight out of a Disney movie, to <laughs> never stop dreaming of what could be. Um, I think this is also reflective of my creative side of wanting to envision the what could be to create and to um, constantly imagine. You're right and that ours are similar, but I don't think we listed any of the same words, which is interesting. My mind is like a weird reel of like I'm talking, but something else is also going through my head. And I feel like um, in, in a funny context, too, of like hypothetical situations and I'm just operating at a million tabs per minute with just different scenes running through my head. Like all the time? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I do pay attention to people. I, I swear. <laughs> I was I was just wondering if you are able like to ever turn that off like I through meditation or I I do I do value like moments of calm Um, I do value sleep because I love to dream and like oftentimes like my dreams carry out um, like what I read so I love reading and I think about like other worlds and like I just have appreciation for like world building and um, those kind of like a fantasy, like escape. And- 
I love that. I love that what you're reading can carry into your dreams. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I don't know because it's really different when I think about like movies. I have a different appreciation. Like I can watch a movie and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like I kind of like make connections to our own world, but like reading for me is different. Reading, I I don't know why. It's because you have to imagine a world and like the author paints a picture for you and like I have what I think the world they live in in my mind is that what I'm saying makes sense (laughs) yes it does make sense because I I find for me that reading is often more immersive than watching a movie unless if I'm in if I'm like into a movie and I'm either like in a theater or I just like I have Mm -hmm. other things like kind of blocking out anything else it can be similar but like you said you're your imagination, I think, has to be activated. So you are constantly building and creating and keeping up with the text. Or even with the audiobook, I think it's similar. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're creating that, that yes. visual story. You're developing characters and their expressions and the world. Um, reading's cool. Yeah. Reading's great. I need, I need a new book. Everyone should read. <laughs> um, I think I'm reading Song of the Achilles next. I liked how it said that like all of your core values and priorities will impact like your mood and your energy and the way that you approach relationships. Yeah, I want to approach relationships with like compassion and curiosity and sincerity. What I find interesting about this is that it is really powerful to take the time and articulate and label what those values are. Before doing this exercise, probably would not have been able to articulate what my personal guiding principles are. And I could tell you like what I grew up believing based on what I was taught in school or by society. But I think I've abandoned a lot of those initial um, ideas of core values. And yeah, it was really helpful to just kind of think through what mine are now. So my my runners up um, for core values were balance, um, progress, and equity. A little bit of joyfulness too. I don't know. I think balance would be the only one that didn't quite align with the the top five. But I think everything within balance of I, I like to see things from other perspective. So balance could take to mean a lot of things. Um, progress is similar to courage of that sense of moving forward. Um, we may not know where to go, but. Um, just taking that next step forward. And equity um, ties in with kindness, but pursuing the sense of fairness and um, justice for fellow humans. My runners-up were friendship, which I feel bad saying those a runner-up, like, <laughs> didn't make the list. Um, but I think it, I think I was just thinking about it in terms of, like, that I like being able to exist in solitude and I loved living alone and all of that is good and well but I think that there's a certain vulnerability and a certain just sense of I mean it's the, it's the community stuff I love feeling like I'm part of a community and so being able to invest in friendships and feel like mutually cared for and supported um close close runner-up almost made the cuts that shouldn't make my runner-up too <laughs> people we are people people (laughs) um my other runner-up was health and i I have really complicated feelings about the way we talk about health in terms of how health is like marketed Mm -hmm. and their societal like beauty standards that's all garbage Mm -hmm. but i think 
I'm thinking of health in terms of like taking stock of my like mental health, emotional health, all the kind of big wellness pieces that we talk about. Um, and that can be expanded outside of the self too, like health of a community, um, health of your communications. Right. Um, so that was my other, my other runner up. We could make a whole episode on health. I'm like, I like how you put it, framed it, health of outside of self. I nearly majored um, in like health communications because it was presented to me in a very different way than what I had understood health and healthy to mean growing up. Maybe in a future episode, we can talk more about Nicole's health class. I love that. Well, it's funny because like our grad program was very much, um, we took like a health focus because I, I forgot think about that. We, yes. both, we both were yeah. very interested in health topics and um, the medical community. That was a temporary memory lapse. Yes. <laughs> so I did not major in that, but I did spend two years studying. <laughs> oh my gosh. Health communications. Yep. You were there. <laughs> Apparently I was not. <laughs> I was. Uh, all, all of those core memories about class have just been replaced by the, all the of them. machine snack time. Everything has been replaced by snack time. They're all gone. Uh, especially with our uh, interviews from uh, everything from episode 10 when people were mentioning things I was like did I not go to grad school (laughs) (laughs) I am very concerned yeah if you just want to hear Brandy and I clearly not remember anything from grad school (laughs) except snack time it's kind of funny just for that so for the next part identifying our comforts and things that we like said to consider things like colors food movies or television how did you approach this did you make a long list of comfy things i just have i have quite a list yeah i just jotted down words yeah okay so i said things like color purple the color teal or turquoise um sushi crisp fresh air christmas trees cinnamon jumpsuits love wearing my jumpsuits taylor swift comedy romance wine baths afternoons rain chocolate cats sloths winston-salem picnics um dancing yeah stuff like that i was not even near the microphone hello sorry about that i was reading from my journal it's okay i apparently wasn't recording so that's fine (laughs) (laughs) successful podcast (laughs) (laughs) we're trying so hard so trying um words that come to mind um fall Mm -hmm. um christmas uh fireworks pockets cardigans uh adventures chocolate picnics dancing um Going on hikes and bike rides and walks and sunshine and the first snow of the season. Ooh, yes. Movie nights, game nights, and <laughs> getting into bed after warm sheets from the dryer. Wow, you can make your bed fast enough that the sheets are still warm when you get in? Yeah. That's impressive. I think I'm just really bad at putting sheets on the bed. 
It's <laughs> like a 20 minute process for me. Uh, that's funny. Clean sheets are like one of my clean top. Sheets. That should have been on the top of the list. I love Like when you make your bed or in general, like when you can sit down on the couch and just look at your clean house. Like it just, the appreciation of like, ah, job well done me. Now I can finally relax. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think clean, like, clear, organized spaces are another thing. Um, I do. It's Visually, really nice. Like, seeing other people's, like, creative, talented, like, going into museums or, um, like, aesthetically pleasing <laughs> designed homes make me happy just because um, I love seeing people's creativity. Mm-hmm and crafting and I don't know I could go on of things that I love to do and make me happy but instead let's look at the things we hate <laughs> yeah well while we were at the doctor's office like uh I brought the this whiteboard and I I you know drew a picture of the house and Im- impressive I was super happy and then my daughter was like it doesn't have a couch and I was like, well, because that's on the inside. I drew a picture of the outside. And then she just draws like a big couch on the front of my house. And I'm like, it's fine. I'll let that go. But I did spend a lot of time on that house. <laughs> <laughs> but couches are comfy. Like just looking at this list, reading through these words, like it makes me feel cozy and comfy. Yeah. Which is nice. Pugs. Pugs. I like pugs. Did you say pugs? Yeah. Or yeah, hugs? pugs. Both. Pugs, but hugs, but mugs, which full one of coffee. Did you say? <laughs> <laughs> hugs, pugs, uh, and mugs should be the name of a coffee shop. Have pugs running around, like rescue pugs. Drink your coffee. Hug a pug. The list is endless, and I don't even want to begin listing food because really, just eating in general makes me happy. Yes, that's why we found it snack time. Ooh, that's very true. <laughs> Connecting the dots. <laughs> I'm just like now thinking like pastries, donuts, pasta, ice cream. Oh, ice cream in the summertime. Love it. Baking. The like the smell of baking in an oven. Candles. It's a long list. But um, right underneath that, I have a very jarring list of uncomfy <laughs> things that I dislike and why. <laughs> For me, I have red meat. I've never liked it. Tornadoes. Not many people do raise their <laughs> hand for that one. You're like, you know what I want to be? In the middle of an F5. <laughs> when I, I mentioned tornadoes uh, with my workout group, because you don't, there aren't really tornadoes in Ireland, so it kind of seems like this fictional thing, and they were asking me about, like, you know, Americans who chase tornadoes, I'm assuming from the movie Twister, or maybe mm-hmm. some Weather Channel covers, but it's like, no, most of us hide from them. Did you have tornado drills in school? Yes. Me too. They're scary. Sour candy? insects all of them even butterflies i don't really like insects i i can appreciate a butterfly from a distance but if a butterfly (laughs) were to land on my shoulder i would not love it would you love it a butterflies landed on my head and i took a picture it was fine we were fine it was okay i would probably run away and hope the butterfly (laughs) jumps off because butterflies are still insects they're just insects with wings and we all know it what if a cockroach could get in a little chrysalis cocoon and come out with beautiful wings. A cockroach is really different from a butterfly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not judging you. I would be much more fearful of a flying cockroach than I am a, a butterfly. 
which is beautiful. And In Florida, there are flying cockroaches. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Smoke, like when smoke gets in my throat, I really don't like that feeling. Um, Boone, North Carolina, fishing and narcissism. I also had, I have a few other things, but that that pretty much covers it for me. Those are things I don't like. This is a terrible list. I don't really want this list sitting around. This makes me angry. <laughs> uh, let's see. I just like cigarette smoke. Actually swimming in the ocean. Um, really? Yeah. When you're, when you're not actually a strong swimmer, it's noticeable when you're in the ocean. That's a very, very good time to drown. So I... <laughs> there. Um, uh, is it the moray eels? The ones with the little teeth? Mm. those ones they kind of haunt me in my dreams really a lot of things deep deep in the ocean are terrifying to me um lobsters but i'm deep ocean like when you're (laughs) (laughs) just go keep going lower it goes it goes deeper (laughs) yes (laughs) what's swimming in the red lobster tank is a lot different from like the blob you find or things that have never seen sunlight um it's it's great i think i can still have an appreciation for uh, mother nature and the expansiveness and feeling tiny when you're you're by the ocean and um but yeah i'm not one to just actively go and seek and swim in it (laughs) um i do like seeing the beach in the sunrise and sunset a okay with that. Um. I'm okay with beach sunsets. <laughs> I like. I love the beach. Like I love. I love being in the ocean. Like I, the little like sand crabs, sand fiddlers, whatever. I would rather that crawl on me than a butterfly, personally. That is sorry, very I just, different. I would not want to be pinched by those. We have really different standards. <laughs> we have really different experiences, maybe. <laughs> Nicole being pinched <laughs> by a crab on her finger, like, I'm fine. Meanwhile, a soft butterfly, like, gently kisses your skin and flutters away ever so softly. I don't like mm-hmm. it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You know what? If this was, like, Nicole and Brandy's survival show, it would just be very different. <laughs> yeah. Strengths and weaknesses of what we could handle <laughs> in the wild. Yeah. You know, really, really sticky surfaces. Um, you know, you know the feeling of like grudge or dirtiness. Um, like you walk into a building and it's like the floor is sticky, and you're like, why? Why is it sticky? Oh, I have a teacher who used to call the like stickiness of a movie theater cinemuck, like cinema. Yeah. Yes, that that type of stickiness, where mm-hmm. you just feel that it's dirty. Um, so that's like my germophobia. What about out. like sticking your hand inside of like some mud or wet sand or like a pumpkin? How do you feel about that? Um, that's fine. That yeah, actually like has like a purpose. That's fine. It's like a Those are like things that I know, but other like germs or you're like, ugh, that's just E. coli, but it's fine (laughs) it's fine Uh, Um, (laughs) is is E. coli on your list I don't like it I don't I I, I feel like I didn't even need to call that out like it's on no one's list it's on everyone's list 
<laughs> Who's saying that? <laughs> um, so, you know, drowning, germs, uh, sinkholes. I've had this irrational fear of sinkholes. I always use that on a reference of why we should have well-documented processes in case so-and-so falls in a sinkhole. Mm-hmm. That's me projecting my own fear onto others, but mm-hmm. I just don't want to fall into the earth. Yeah. Smoke, deep ocean, sinkholes, dirty, sticky surfaces, and spiders. I'm fine with, like, little spiders. So, some of them grow up to be big spiders, so. Right. Could just nip that in the butt before you <laughs> I just like spiders that keep like other pests away, like butterflies. What spider is going after a butterfly? <laughs> I don't believe you. Traffic, crowds, certain crowds. Post COVID, I think crowds affect me a lot more. My anxiety in crowds is a lot different than what it was pre COVID. I've heard that from a lot of people. Do you think that there are particular core memories or core values that are shaping your list of things that are very comfy or uncomfy? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think really what we're getting at with these core memories, they're like little or big events that have shaped who you are and they definitely change how you respond to situations and how you um, kind of prepare yourself to take on new situations. And they definitely have helped articulate what I like and don't like. Um, I've, <laughs> I've had near drowning experiences where um, I know I'm not a strong swimmer and that's something that I've carried with me. Um, or moments in the ocean that were kind of iffy where I've been caught by currents that I'm like, nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I think um, like from childhood, you know, my parents are smokers and I hated it. And that's always kind of like stuck with me of how I still dislike the smell of cigarette smoke now mm-hmm. and how I kind of want to create experiences from my own childhood memories for my own children I think is affected from my my core memories so very much so yeah I just realized very recently actually that I have some pretty negative childhood memories associated with smoke um and I I didn't realize that for a long time and I don't think because I'm, I'm not, like, viscerally opposed to smoke. Like, I have friends who smoke. I'm around smoke fairly often outside. But in some context, it really does bother me. And it, like, irritates me on a very, like, personal and visceral, like, it's in me kind of level. Um, and, yeah, I think I, I think I figured out why. I think I have a few childhood experiences that are really negative and were mm-hmm. in smoke. Um, yeah. But, like, with the ocean, I also have a couple of times where, like, I was in a bad situation in the ocean. I remember once I was under for a while. Thankfully, my life jacket bopped me right up and my dad saved me. Um, but I ingested a lot of water. I was hospitalized. But I still love that ocean. And I... I don't know. Some things make us braver. Sometimes those are those like positive outcomes that arise from sometimes traumatic experiences where um, they turn into lessons and kind of prepare us for the next time we we meet Mm -hmm. 
in this case, the ocean again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was thinking about fishing um, because a core memory that I have when I was a kid, I was in a fishing contest and somehow won a prize. I don't know how because I promise you I did not enjoy the experience of fishing. But my prize was these tiny chocolate soccer balls. So they were chocolate balls that were wrapped in foil that looked like, or maybe it was a baseball. No, I think it was a soccer ball. And I thought naively that this was like some white chocolate. So I remember popping the whole thing in my mouth with the foil. And I can still to this day remember like biting down on the foil and how how that like felt and tasted in my mouth. And then the like (laughs) liquid chocolate now like dripped all the way down my shirt. And then I... (laughs) And then I had to go get my picture taken with my fish. <laughs> so somewhere there's a photo of me with it. my with my little fishing outfit covered in chocolate, holding a fish and being really upset. Oh. But I still like every time I see one of those like any kind of chocolate wrapped in foil, like it is a core memory for me. Like I just I remember I can perfectly imagine the feeling right now of biting into that chocolate foil and I oh. did not like it. Yeah, I do. I think it's like, like from the happy memories of especially like around Christmas or like if you think about like family traditions, how they shape um, traditions that you value and carry forward with um, your own family and um, those moments of awkwardness that have or embarrassing moments or moments of rejection that have taught us to be braver and to be vulnerable again and put yourself out there when you've been embarrassed in the past. And mm-hmm. like, I, I think about like some of the, the many car accidents I've been in and times of emergencies where I have felt, you know, grateful for people that were calm and helping and it's kind of like how I've kind of approached like emergency situations that I've been in and now about taking a breath assessing um the situation and figuring out like what I can do and how that kind of shaped me into wanting to pursue to become an EMT to help others Mm -hmm. yeah it's those little moments that you don't realize that you're like well, maybe I was building up for this moment all along. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's such a positive way to look at, you know, things that are really hard to think of it being something that is sculpting and shaping you into being able to ease that experience for someone else. Agreed. Like mindfully embrace the the good and the bad of our, our core memories of, you know, that's that's acceptance of these were sad times but they also have shaped me and even in sad times there there can be joy and good that comes from that experience um whether it be learning or growing or finding a new path often often yeah i I wouldn't say always but often Mm -hmm. there's an opportunity for that And now it's time for our snack time challenge segment. Just kidding. We're dumping that. Nobody seemed to like it. We weren't doing the challenges consistently. Like we said, we're not aiming to be like this prescriptive, how do I fix my life and be a better person podcast. Um, So go ahead and do kind, nice things if you want to, but we're not going to tell you what to do anymore. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, But instead of closing out with a snack time challenge, 
Brandy had a lovely idea to close out with some kind of relevant affirmation that kind of wraps our theme. Take it away. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Repeat after me. I can do hard things. Um, mm. Although recently my daughter uh, told me, um, when I told her that message, she was like, I, I don't want to do hard things. I was like, I only want to do easy things. And I'm like, I get it. Me too. <laughs> However, <laughs> we can't always pick the easiest path to uh, pursue in life. Um, and yeah. sometimes we have to do hard things. But it's okay because, you know, um, we're here to help you to do those hard things. And you have friends and family to help you do those hard things. So I'm going to keep telling you, we can do those hard things together. I like the we can do hard things together. Like, I like that idea of sharing the burden. And if anything, our core memories have shaped us and have taught us that we can do hard things. So when you need a little bit of encouragement, remind yourself that you have done hard things and you've come through it. I kind of just like this idea that like your core values are yours. Mm -hmm. You get to choose them, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't it doesn't matter what experiences or memories have influenced you like you get to stay on that path or abandon it and i i find a lot of empowerment in that idea that like we choose what our values are and we get to surround ourselves with things that feel good and comfortable and we are allowed to say no to things that do not feel comfortable so i will be saying no to butterflies Next week, I'm going to have a butterfly tattoo. I'm going to be one with the butterflies. Oh, it's okay. Next time we're together, I'll just go into the butterfly house by myself. I'll enjoy that beautiful greenhouse garden. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nicole's being sworn by butterflies, just swatting them away. They're like, they're in danger. Don't touch them. I, no, I'm I, just kidding. I won't touch them, but I would prefer that they don't touch me as well. I'm asking for some mutual understanding, mutual boundaries. I can appreciate the beauty of a butterfly from a distance. I just don't want it on me. Uh That seems reasonable. Fair enough. All right. um, Yeah. All right. (laughs) Well. And on that note, thanks for listening. We're so glad you're here. This season is going to be all about healing, comfort, and joy. Because we can do hard things. We didn't know what snack time was when it started, but we knew it was a sacred ritual and we knew we were showing up for each other. That first invitation turned to long-lasting friendships and chain reactions. So we will keep moving forward, observing the world around us, and holding on to hope. Friends in our cohort said snack time was the break they didn't know they needed. Maybe this is the podcast you didn't know that you needed. Until Until next next time, time, peace, peace, love, love, and and snacks. snacks. Okay, test, test. I am recording. Test, test. I too am recording. Excellent. So, I totally just forgot what we said we were going to do. <laughs> so, we're actually doing a podcast? Yes. Okay. That's right. Got it. That's right. Let's do that. <laughs>